Hey, welcome to Moments with Marilyn. We have an exciting podcast for you today. I am so anxious to let you hear from my friend, Ginger Hubbard. And I was just trying to think this morning when I met Ginger. It was many years ago. We were both speaking at a homeschooling convention. And boy, um, I know I looked this morning to see when I wrote my book, Parenting from the Heart. That was 2004. And Ginger did an endorsement for that. So I know it was before that. So Ginger, what do you remember? How did we meet? Yeah, it had to be before that because that's uh, the result. Uh, Us meeting was the result of you um, asking me to endorse your book. Or you asked me to endorse it after we met. But I remember it was at a church. I cannot remember which state because you and I both are all over the place. Yeah. But I know I was speaking and you came up at some point and told me that you were Marilyn Boyer. And I just went ballistic because (laughs) I was just so excited to get to meet you. years and years ago when I was trying to decide whether or not I was going to homeschooling, the first book that I read was actually uh, The Socialization Trap. And so that was one of my favorite books on homeschooling because that was one of my hangups about, well, you know, what about socialization as your husband? Yeah. <laughs> He's so funny. Yeah. When he says that. And so when you came up and told me who you were, I just had a fit because you guys were very <laughs> instrumental in persuading me to homeschool my kids. So I will be forever grateful. And so Marilyn, then I guess uh, not too long after that, you reached out and asked me to write an endorsement for uh, parenting from the heart. And I did and was just so honored to get to do that. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, that's that's what I remember from that. And then our paths crossed here not too long ago. Uh, we were we were in Denver, right? Right, that was, right. That was this past convention. June. Yeah. Yep. That's so cool. It is so cool because Ginger, the first um, book that she wrote that that I read was "Don't Make Me Count to Three. and her message just resonated with my heart. And since then, she's written. I can't believe you just said that. And she's going to tell us about that today. But it is so much the message that is on my heart. It's like, um, you know, what she says, I totally agree with. And I'm just so excited for her to share with you today what she has to say. Um, Ginger, oh, also, let me say, Ginger came to our church several years ago to do a women's conference. Do you remember that, Ginger? Vaguely. Yeah. Yeah. Lake Baptist Church. She and her friend came and put on a women's conference and she did a great job with that. Um, So she's multitask person. Um, She's written that book. She's also written wise words for moms. And she speaks at women's events and parenting conferences and homeschooling conventions all across the country, which is where I met her. So you can check out her resources and find out when she's speaking near your area or invite her at gingerhubbard.com. Yeah, please invite her. You, you won't regret it. Okay, Ginger, let's get started. There are so many parenting books out there. So what sort of advice do you offer that's different from others and makes you unique? Yeah, well, as a national speaker, I have just listened to parents, parents all, over all over the country. The country express their heartache over their inability to tame the tums of their children. They've read the books, they've tried the advice, but they remain frustrated because nothing seems to work. And so, and I can't believe you just said that. What I've done with that book is I've tried to expose 
those faulty child training methods, which fail to reach the heart and equip parents with biblical principles and then provide them with sort of a toolbox for how to implement those principles in a practical way. Now, don't get me wrong, Marilyn, you're right. There are so many parenting books out there that focus a lot on what the Bible has to say about parenting. And a lot of them are full of scripture that is very helpful for, um, you know, teaching parents about parenting, but I found that few offer the information really that parents are looking for most, which is how to practically apply those scriptures to the everyday struggles that their children are facing in everyday life. So that's what I've tried to do with, I can't believe you just said that. And I know, let's go ahead and tell folks, Marilyn, for people that are watching this, instead of just listening, we were having like insane technical difficulties. And so that's why I've got my phone. The only way I can hear Marilyn is through my phone. And the only way she can hear and record me is through my mic. So, but what we didn't realize, Marilyn, is that when I have the phone to my ear, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing a repeat of everything that I say. So it's totally throwing me off. So when I'm talking, I'm going to have to move the phone away from my ear. So for those of you who are watching, that is why this looks completely crazy is because we're having technical difficulties. <laughs> so that's what I'm going to have to do is when you're talking, I'm going to have to pull the phone up. And when I'm talking, I'm going to have to move it away or it's, or I keep hearing an echo of everything that I'm saying. Okay. Well, we will try to make it work. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you got to do what you got to do. You do. That's what I love about what Ginger does, because you can learn information, but unless you know how to apply it, apply it practically, it's just head knowledge and it doesn't make it down to the heart. So you've got to take what you hear, which is biblical, and learn it first, but then it works its way down to the heart. And that's why I love Ginger stuff, because it's so practical. Okay, Ginger, when I look around, you see children that are losing respect for their parents. Parents are losing control of their kids. And as a result, you know, in America, we're facing an epidemic of undisciplined children who have no filter on things that they say. How do you think our nation has reached that point in our parenting? Yeah, well, we live in a nation that pretty much defies God at every point. Um, you know as well as I do that uh, everything's just falling apart <laughs> because we're leaving God out of everything. And, you know, it's not that parents don't desire um, obedience and respect from their kids. I think we can safely say that all parents desire obedience and respect for their kids. But I think a lot of parents fail to achieve those results. And I I believe that reason is twofold. I think the first problem is that many parents in an attempt to get their kids to obey and to show that verbal respect, they've adopted these faulty child training methods, which fail to reach their hearts. And so, so many parents today, they've just developed this philosophy. And you talked about this in your book, I know, Marilyn, um, Parenting from the Heart, that uh, they've sort of developed these um, philosophies that if they can get their children to act right, to behave, that they're raising them the right way. But there is far more to parenting than getting our children to act right. We have to get them to think right and to be motivated out of a love of virtue, a love for what's right, a love for God, rather than just a fear of punishment. So I believe that failure to reach their heart is one of the problems. And then I think that the second problem is that parents are, they're just not following the instructions in the instruction manual. <laughs> you know, I once heard Roy Lesson compare God's instructions for parents to 
to an owner's manual for a new appliance. And, you know, if you think about it, when you get a new appliance, the manufacturer provides you with an instruction manual, tells you how to use the appliance and how to keep it in the best working order. And if something goes wrong, then the customer is encouraged to contact the manufacturer for repairs. And it's the same with families. The family was God's idea. He brought it into being. And in the Bible, he has given us instructions for how it operates best. And when parents experience problems in training their kids, he's also given us that open communication with him through prayer. And he tells us to contact him. Uh, He says in James 1, 5, that if we ask him for wisdom, he promises that he'll give it to us. So there's our instruction manual. You are so right. You know, when I first became a parent. I was just a baby Christian and I had not been raised in the Christian faith. So the Bible had the answers. And I, you know, when I would see a need crop up in my kids, I'd go to the Bible. What does the Bible say about this? And, you know, it's so true. It's not some parenting philosophy that somebody's made up. The, the word has the answers. You are so right about that. We need to go to the word. Okay, you write in your book that why do they act like that is a wrong question to ask of misbehaving and rude talking children. What do you mean by that? Well, when my kids were little, I was often shocked by some of the things that would come out of their mouths, whether it was whining or lying or talking back or just speaking disrespectfully, whatever. I would typically ask that question that so many parents ask, which is, why do you act like that? But after a closer look at the word of God, I began to realize that I was asking the wrong question. And Matthew 12, 34, Jesus explained, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. In other words, there's merit to that old saying, what's down in the well comes up in the bucket. Our sin does not begin with our mouths. It begins with our hearts. The sin that shows up in our words comes from inside us. And it starts a whole lot sooner than we might think. King David proclaimed, surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Uh, When parents just uh, really begin to grasp just the origin of sin and just the total depravity of the human race in general, we no longer question why our children sin. So I slowly learned to stop asking, why does my child sin? And instead, I started to ask myself, when my child sins, how might I uh, point him to the fact that he is a sinner just like I am in need of a savior? How can I really help him to understand and live in that transformational power of Christ? That's great. You know, I've found often when your child sins, sometimes you need to look at your own heart because you see the sin in your own life being reflected in your kids. And, you know, I always tell people that don't feel like you have to have it all together to train your kids because when you're learning, they're watching you learn. And if you're struggling with sin, that's such a powerful example for them to learn from you. So Mm -hmm. when you're training your kids, you're training yourself too. (laughs) That's right. That's exactly right. So you encourage that the Bible is the best instruction manual for parenting. And I totally agree with you. What about some verbal offenses that are not directly addressed in the Bible, such as whining, which is one of the most irritating (laughs) ones out there? It is. That is actually why chapter one in in my new book is on whining because it it is just so out of control now. Um, And for a while, one of my children really struggled with what? Yeah, that's it. It's and so I can't believe you just said that. That's the book. And I, I started intentionally the first chapter on whining. And so I address a lot of other ones like lying and tattling and manipulating and all that. But I really felt like that whining was an appropriate uh, 
appropriate topic for chapter one, since um, so many kids struggle with it these days. And for a while, um, my children, one of my kids more than the other one, really struggled with whining. And so I can totally relate and sympathize with parents dealing with that annoying verbal offense. It is one that will really get under our skin. And you're right, Marilyn, the Bible really doesn't talk specifically about whining. You won't find the word whining in the Bible, but the Bible does talk about self-control. And if you think about it, whining is an issue of self-control. And so when my daughter would whine in an attempt to get something she wanted, well, let's just go through a scenario because most parents love actual practical scenarios. So let's say that Alex comes into uh, the kitchen, my daughter, Alex, and she, uh, instead of asking for a cup of juice, she whines for it. And so I would ask her something very simple, like, honey, are you asking for juice with self-control? No, honey, you're not. God wants you to have self-control, even with your voice. And so what I'm going to do, because I love you so much, and I want to try to help you get that self-control. So what I did in our home is I had this little timer that I I had with me. And I said, I'm going to set the timer for three minutes. And when the timer goes off, then you may come back and ask for juice the right way. So you see, I reproved her for whining. I had her suffer the consequence of having to wait three minutes, which can seem like an eternity for a small child. And that might be too long. You might just make them wait two minutes or one minute, you know, whatever you feel like is appropriate for the age of your child. And then most important, Marilyn, I would have her come back and ask for juice with self-control, which is an issue that is addressed in God's word. All behavior is linked to a particular attitude of the heart. So as wise parents, we want to get past that outward behavior, figure out what is going on in the heart, and then we're able to address it from a biblical perspective. That's great. That is so great. You know, each chapter in your book addresses a different verbal offense. And I'm going to just read you some of what she has in her book. Whining, lying, tattling, defying, manipulating, interrupting, complaining, blame shifting, teasing, aggravating, bragging, arguing, yelling, gossiping, bickering. Those are things that all our kids struggle with. So you offer a simple three-step plan for dealing with each one. Tell us about your plan. Okay. Well, step one is heart probing questions. Uh, You know, if you think about it in all the stories in scripture, when someone did something wrong, Jesus didn't just point his finger in their face and say, this is what you did wrong. And this is what you should have done instead. That's not what he did. A lot of times Jesus would ask heart probing questions. And in order for the people to answer those questions, they had to evaluate themselves because Jesus was a skilled heart prober. He knew how to ask those questions in such a way that the people would uh, have to take their focus off of the circumstances and the situations going on around them and onto the sin in their own heart. And so uh, step one is just uh, in in the book, I offer like two or three uh, very simple suggested questions to help parents reach past that outward behavior, pull out what's going on in the heart. And then they're going to be able again to address this from a biblical perspective. And then in Ephesians 4, 22 and through 24, um, those verses say, let me just read them. It says, you were, uh, we're instructed to put off our old self and put on our new self. So the verses actually say you were taught with regard to your formal way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by deceitful desires and to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on your new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So step one is the heart probing questions. Step two is what to put off. That is what God's word says about that particular behavior and what it can lead to if it's continued. And then step three is what 
what to put on, how to replace what is wrong with what is right. That's great. That's a simple plan that parents can follow. And, and we need that. We need something we can sink our teeth into and and help the kids to apply, apply it practically. So after going through these three steps, how can parents get their children to actually implement the principles being taught? By requiring them to practice that biblical alternative to their wrong behavior. It's never enough to just verbally instruct our children in what not to do. We have to instruct them in what um, to do instead. We have to teach them how to replace what is wrong uh, with what is right. And most important, we want to actually require them to, to go back and do it. Because when we require our children to physically practice that biblical alternative to their sinful behavior, we are teaching them how to apply God's word to daily life. So that brings wisdom to our kids for daily living. So say, for example, let's just say that a child speaks disrespectfully to his parents. A lot of times a typical parent will say something like, that was disrespectful. You shouldn't speak to me like that. Now go to your room. But you see, the whole problem with that is that is in, ineffective child training because the most important part is left out. We, we don't want to just rebuke and discipline the child who's being disrespectful. We want to have him come back and practice the biblical alternative by communicating the right way, by using the appropriate words and the appropriate tone of voice. And for many children, uh, particularly mine, as they were growing into their teen years, the appropriate facial expression. <laughs> so when we train our children in what's right and then take it a step further and require them to practice what is right, again, we're teaching them how to grow in wisdom and we're preparing them to govern their own actions for future situations. So in my books, I actually refer to this as the practice principle, because can you imagine trying to teach your child how to tie his shoes without the practice principle? No, just verbally walking him through that process, that's not going to be enough. At some point, you're going to have to physically demonstrate how it's done and then require him to practice it on his own. And so the question is, if the practice principle is vital for teaching such morally neutral tasks as tying shoes, how much more important is it for training children in Christ-like character? Absolutely. That's so true. Okay, I know there's a lot of crazy discipline um, suggestions out there that other people have suggested. What elements of ineffective discipline should parents avoid? Well, I think that when children speak offensively in, in any way, uh, whether it's whining, lying, tattling, arguing, disrespecting, you know, all of those different things, I think that a lot of times parents, we often respond in one of two ways. We have this tendency to either ignore the child, just kind of hoping that he'll eventually outgrow it, or we just administer some sort of consequence, hoping as we hear, uh, as particularly Christian parents say a lot of time, to put the fear of God in them. But both of these methods are ineffective because they fail to train and instruct. So, I mean, there are occasions when ignoring may seem more convenient for us because after all, it does take time to train them up in the way they should go. But to ignore a child who is in need of correction and guidance, uh, really, that is to selfishly place our own interest above the interest and the well-being of the child. And then on the other hand, consequences for wrong behavior, I mean, sure, they definitely have their place, but they are not a substitute for training and instructing. Administering consequences without following through with that righteous training, that really only teaches our kids one thing, 
that there are consequences for sin. And, you know, yeah, that's an important lesson, but an even, even greater lesson is helping them understand that higher calling of living in ways that are pleasing to God and bring him the glory that he deserves. So our whole purpose in disciplining our children, is not to merely teach them to avoid consequences, but to train and instruct them to and encourage them to honor God with their lives. Absolutely. That's what it's all about. That's what our lives, that's why we're left here on earth. That's right. I saw Ginger this past June when we were both speaking at um, Rocky Mountain Homeschool Conference in Denver. And I was so excited to pick up this little bookmark and hear that Ginger has started a podcast. So Ginger, tell us about your podcast. What can people expect to hear if they subscribe to your podcast? Okay, awesome. Um, Well, the podcast is called Parenting with Ginger Hubbard. And we air a new episode every Monday, super practical uh, ones like the one this week is on what to do when kids manipulate. And so we do what to do when kids lie, what to do when they uh, don't seem to want to pursue a relationship with God. Um, So just all kinds of different topics and and everything is from a biblical perspective and, and very practical. And our primary goal is to encourage and equip parents to reach beyond outward behavior address the issues of the heart and point their children to the transformational power of Christ. And then from a practical standpoint, we really are very motivated and very passionate about helping parents move past the frustrations of not knowing how to handle issues of disobedience and defiance and into a confident, um, biblical, heart-oriented, and just a a really well-balanced approach to raising their kids. So that is our goal with the podcast. That's great. I think so many people, when they have kids, they'll just um, deal with their kids like their parents dealt with them instead of going to the Bible to see the, the Bible way. And there is that, you know, we've got the instruction in the Bible. We've got the Bible to follow as our guidebook. Right. Okay, Ginger, now you've got three books. If people want to order your books, how do they get in touch with you? Where do they order your books? Where should they go? Okay. Well, I would love for them to get them directly through my website, which is gingerhubbard.com. And they're available everywhere. They're available on Amazon. Um, but it, it really helps support the ministry when people order directly through my website, which is gingerhubbard.com. And then also on the podcast, we answer lots and lots of parenting questions. So if you go to gingerhubbard.com, uh, and there's a section on there called Ask Ginger, and you can submit a parenting question. And we do that usually two or three times a month where we actually answer the questions that are coming in. So we love to interact with our listeners um, through the website as well. That's a great idea. And I encourage you to go and check out our podcast, sign up for it. Ginger, thanks so much for joining us today. I think you have helped people tremendously and it's been a joy to touch base with you again and to have you encourage our listeners. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you, Marilyn. It was a joy to be on. I'm so sorry about the technical difficulties. I'm sure it was on my end. I'm a technical disaster. (laughs) So uh, anyway, so it was a little crazy, but hopefully uh, everybody was encouraged with the information and the things that we talked about today. So thank you for having me on, Marilyn. You're so welcome. See you later.